Hey everyone, and welcome to This Week in Yoga. My name's Erin Lanzi. I'm a yoga teacher in Iowa City, Iowa, and I started this podcast to expand on my monthly teaching themes and to help people who practice with me on the mat take their yoga into their lives in meaningful, useful ways. Thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, I'm back. I took a little unexpected hiatus there at the end of May, and I've been trying to be compassionate with myself for missing a couple weeks of this yoga podcast, but I have to say my perfectionist parts are all riled up. I've just been feeling so anxious and irritated with myself that I have missed a couple weeks of recording. So that's the first time that's happened since I started this podcast back in, I don't know, March or whatever. So I'm working with it, but wow. It's like you think you've got your issues sorted out and then you bump up against any little kink in your plan and everything starts to come to the surface again. Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, I want to begin this episode with just an announcement. It's some, some very exciting news and it's also the reason I've been a little off grid lately. So I am excited to announce that I have moved my entire beginner's yoga course to online format. So if you were tuning in a year or so ago, you may remember me running this course in live format. The course at that time was called Begin and it was specifically for brand new yoga students. It's also the same course that I've taught multiple times in person to my students at the University of Iowa. So most of them are brand new to yoga as well. So I've taught this course in live format more than eight times. And it's been an evolving curriculum that um, I created it and then I continue to change it and adapt it and improve it each time I teach the course. So about 18 months ago, this was even before COVID, I decided to condense the course and put it online. It was a massive project and it involved a lot of learning curves on my part, but I am so relieved and excited to say it's done. And I have to say, I am so happy with the result. It is beautiful, it is organized, it's streamlined, it is user-friendly, and it's just a really well put together culmination of my best work, everything I have learned teaching yoga to new students over the past 10 years. So anyway, I've had tunnel vision totally in getting this thing finished up and published and it's going live, available for anyone who wants to enroll by the end of this week, fingers crossed. So I'm aiming for about June 18th, this coming Friday. So I encourage you to check it out share the news about it with people you know who may be interested in starting a yoga practice or if you want to go back to square one and learn the foundations. um, I think you can absolutely recommend this course with confidence. It's, It's a good yoga course. It's called Yoga Foundations and all the information will be up on my website by the end of the week, erinlanzi.com. Okay, so on to this week in yoga. So All summer long, I'm going to be moving through a series of yoga myths. I'm sharing some common misconceptions about yoga and explaining why these myths exist. And then I'll unpack each one and discuss why they're inaccurate and that and what the truth is in opposition to each yoga myth. 
There are so many yoga myths and misconceptions out there, but I've taken the top ones that I've seen and come up against over the years and also that were myths that I was curious about before I spent some time really digging into them. These first two weeks in June, we're focusing on a really, really big one, and it's the myth that you need to be flexible in order to practice yoga. So there's a reason that this one is at the very top of the list, and that's because it is by far the one I hear most frequently. A lot of times when people find out I teach yoga, their response is, oh, I could never do that because I'm not flexible. I cannot tell you the number of times I have heard that from different people in my life. And there are really good reasons why people think this. The biggest one being that the images we see of yoga in the media help create this myth. We are constantly seeing images of people with really flexible bodies performing postures that are difficult and that look really impressive and require a lot of bendiness. We see these images because they're the ones that are chosen to be showcased. They catch your eye. They wow. Um, But what we need to understand is that these kinds of images don't represent yoga as a whole tradition. Even just using physical postures to represent yoga as a whole tradition is choosing to look at a really small piece of what I call the yoga pie. The other thing to note about the times we see images of postures that require substantial amounts of flexibility is that many of those shapes actually require certain body types and even hypermobility in order to get the body to bend into those poses, those variations of the poses. Hypermobility meaning bodies that can bend in these ultra-flexible ways simply due to their genetics or the way their joints are structured. So now let's address what's true about yoga and flexibility. We have established that you do not need to be flexible in order to practice, so now let's talk about what's true. It's true that one of the aims of yoga asana, yoga posture practice, is to improve flexibility or increase flexibility. No matter where you're at physically when you begin, you will build strength, mobility, and flexibility if you practice well and if you learn how to meet yourself where you're at. Physically, flexibility also needs to be complemented with strength. If we have all flexibility and no strength, it leads to instability in our physical practice. So while yoga does have a lot to do with being more open and spacious, it also has to do with becoming stronger alongside that flexibility. So we just need to drop this idea that flexibility is a prerequisite to starting to practice yoga. The increased flexibility comes when you sustain your practice and start to see change and growth, but it isn't something that you need in order to begin. Next, flexibility on the mat is definitely not the end of flexibility in yoga. Yoga also helps cultivate mental and emotional flexibility. So part of developing an awareness of the mind-body connection is learning to notice when your physical work on the mat begins to impact your mental and emotional landscape in other contexts. For example, let's take this yogic practice of equanimity, okay? Equanimity is the ability to remain kind of unshaken, by the smaller ups and downs of any given day or situation. The the normal ebb and flow of daily life, equanimity is the thing that keeps you centered in the middle. Let's say there's a traffic jam or there's no hot water for your shower or you get, get the flu and you have to cancel your plans. Those kinds of scenarios. 
equanimity here means we experience an, an initial emotional response to a situation, but then we're able to self-regulate and bring ourselves back to a grounded place at the center. So this might involve noticing your disequilibrium, taking a centering breath, and then just coming back to a more steady middle place in your mindset. On the mat, we work with this all the time. We, when we're in intense pose, let's say, um, let's say pigeon pose, for example, we're always looking for the places that need to be working and really feeling that intensity, but we're also looking at the places in our body that can be at rest. So for example, when we're in pigeon pose, the hip is really in an intense place. The hip, the glute, that whole top of the leg area can feel so cranky and irritated. And often what happens is we start to also get really grippy in our shoulders or our jaw or our facial muscles. Um, so when we're in pigeon, we really intentionally try to rest and relax the shoulders and the jaw and the facial muscles so that we're not letting that intensity of the pigeon pose creep into the rest of our whole body. So when the po and then when the pose is through, we usually follow it up with something more restful or a series of poses to kind of ease back in to give the body a chance to rest and regroup. So we also work with not getting too attached to our response to any given pose. When we're working hard or when we're experiencing irritation or agitation in a pose, we know it's intense, but we also know that it will pass. And it's the same in a more restful or passively held pose. We might be really enjoying something and that's fine to enjoy it. And we also have this awareness that it's going to pass too and there will be harder parts of our practice. This is equanimity. And it's a form of flexibility, being able to anchor yourself in the middle and recover from being hijacked by the nonstop ups and downs of your practice or in your life. Equanimity makes you more adaptable, more versatile, more open to evolution and change. Equanimity equals flexibility. And this skill is just as important as physical flexibility. They go hand in hand. So there's a catch here. And I discussed this in last week's Sunday night class. The catch is that there are times it's really reasonable and healthy to forego emotional equanimity. If we are constantly mentally and emotionally neutral, we wouldn't be very interesting people, in my opinion. There are many times where being human means staying attached to how we feel or think or being able to state our viewpoints or our opinions or allowing ourselves to stay in an intense emotion for longer periods of time. In other words, we need to balance mental and emotional flexibility with mental and emotional strength. I'll share an example from my own life, and that's when I was struggling with infertility and trying to get pregnant and not succeeding month after month after month. That time in my life was incredibly frustrating and painful for me. I was in a period of grief. And even now with my three kids and knowing that things worked out the way I was hoping they would, I can say that I think that grief was completely valid. I would not go back to my earlier self in that situation and recommend that I try to regulate my emotions and come back to center and practice equanimity. The issue at hand for me in that scenario was so big, so all-consuming, and I was so emotionally invested that I needed to be allowed to be a little out of control. I needed to be able to feel my grief and my frustration. I felt emotionally hijacked and in my opinion opinion that was 
completely appropriate and even healthy for me to be able to have that attached response to the process of trying to get pregnant. I think that trying to fake equanimity when it actually wasn't something within my capabilities would have been detrimental to the whole process. So the strength in that scenario would be in being able to discern and allow myself to get really emotionally invested in that trying to conceive process and allowing myself to fall out of balance a little bit. It's okay. It's appropriate. I wouldn't expect any person in that scenario to maintain perfect emotional equilibrium. You're at the mercy of your hormones. It's like this wild ride. And of course, there are going to be ups and downs. Maybe during the first month of trying to get pregnant or the first couple months where you're trying and then realizing that you're not, like that could have been a good place for me to try and practice some equanimity. Feel that disappointment and the sadness for a stretch of time and then use your tools to come back to center into the present moment and reestablish your equilibrium to keep yourself stable and able to keep moving through your life. But after years of trying and the upheaval I experienced in all areas of my life, I think a little disequilibrium is to be expected and allowed. That's why I got a good therapist. Okay, so to bring it back to flexibility here, I think what I'm saying is there are times you need to allow for tightness. You won't lengthen any muscle by forcing it. You need to meet it where it's at over and over again. And when the conditions are right, it will start to give a little and then a little bit more. And you'll gain that flexibility. It's going to be different for each muscle and for each person working with those muscles. And our mental and emotional muscles are the same way. So we need to balance equanimity with discernment, flexibility with strength. What mental and emotional things in my life require my flexibility and which things are worth stepping out of center and moving toward an extreme? I don't want to squander my mental and emotional energy over a slow traffic light. I want to save that for things that matter. It's sort of a mental and emotional form of picking your battles. There's a physical practice that goes really nicely with all these ideas. It's the self-care yoga practice from June 6th, and it's called Flexibility Plus Stability. If you'd like to practice, it's in the on-demand library at my website. So there are my thoughts for today. A little retrospect, but I think that's okay. It's a lot to chew on and... As always, I would love to hear your thoughts and responses. You can email me at erinlanzi at gmail.com, and I may even start to share some of your feedback in future episodes, anonymously, of course. I'll be teaching this week on Sunday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Central on Zoom, and on Wednesday morning, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central on Facebook Live. So I hope you can join me for those. And again, you can find all the info on my website, www.erinlanzi.com. And I want to remind you that Wednesday class is completely free. I collect donations from that class and all the proceeds go to Iowans for Immigrant Freedom. They're a nonprofit here in Iowa City working to support immigrant detainees who are living in eastern Iowa prisons. So come and practice and contribute if you can. I really appreciate anything you can give. Also, don't forget to keep an eye out for my course coming out at the end of the week. It's called Yoga Foundations, and I'll share all that info in my weekly newsletter that goes out on Fridays. You can get on my list by heading to my website or just visit my site after Friday, and all the details should be there. Have a fantastic day, a wonderful week, and I'll hope to see you on the mat. 
Take care, everybody. Bye.